0: Hello, this is Rafal Davidovich. Welcome to Parsha Thursday. This week's Parsha is Parsha Zvayechi. And there is an interesting story, which Parsha Zvayechi is really what I would call part three of a very interesting story that is going to continue in several months as well in the Parsha. And that is the story of Shimon and Levi. Shimon and, Shimon, Levi achim Shimon and Levi are brothers is what Yaakov tells the two of them at the end of his life as he is giving his sons their brachos. And even though Shimon and Levi share a great deal in common, what we discover this parsha <coughs> is that the way that he deals with Shimon and Levi is the way that Yosef dealt with Shimon and Levi a couple of weeks ago which is that he feels the need to split them up. And that is because these two men, Shimon and Levi, when together, when sharing a stage, when sharing a common destiny, are actually quite dangerous. Even though, as sons of Yaakov, they carry on the destiny of Klal yet somehow putting the two of them together It's like two ingredients, each of them alone provides a very powerful and necessary component to the history and destiny of the Jewish people, but putting them together leads to disaster. So I'd like to just explore for a moment, as we go through the Parsha, many of the ways in which this happens. We discovered Shimon and Levi for the first time a few weeks ago, back in Parsha's Vayishlach, And this is when they wiped out the town of Shechem, and they saved Dina (coughs) from Shechem. Now, Yaakov was upset with them at the time, but if you take a look back in Parshas Vayishlach, the Torah gives Shimon and Levi the last word in that argument. Yaakov seems to be upset that they wiped out the town of Shechem, but they say, should our sister be treated like a harlot? And then that's the end of the conversation. Here, however, in Vayechi, Yaakov gets the last word, in which he says he is going to disperse them in Israel. Rashi offers a few comments over here, <coughs> in which he speaks about the, uh, their nature, their nature as their uh, proclivity to get angry and to be willful. And I would say it's specifically the willfulness in ignoring Yaakov, meaning they see a need, so what do they do? They ignore the zaken, They disregard the zaken, the elder. Imagine like someone who does something without asking the rabbi, or without telling the rabbi he's going to do it. So he, this is what they do, and this is what led not only to the killing of Shem, but also to their attempted killing of Yosef that took place in Parshas Vayeshev the following week. Rashi connects the dots and says that this attitude that Shimon and Levi shared would continue into the future. How far into the future? During Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership, they as tribes now, not as single individuals, or at least some of the individuals within those tribes showed the same proclivity to disregard Moshe Rabbeinu, not so much to disobey him, as to show chutzpah to him and not care so much what he thinks. And those exemplars are found with the tribe of Shimon, when they disregard uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's wishes, when they begin to consort with the daughters of Moab and with Midian. Specifically, Zimri ben Salu. Zimri is the prince or a prince of the tribe of Shimon. And Rashi even says that when Zimri, Zimri behaved in a chutzpah manner, asking Moshe Rabbeinu, look, if you're telling me I can't marry Cosby, this Midianite woman, then what let you marry or have anything to do with Sipora, also a Midianite woman? You see, the fact that Rashi focuses on that and not just on the actual relationship means that the main idea is that of the chutzpah involved, the rebellion and disregarding the words of Moshe Rabbeinu. And then Levi also showed this attitude in the form of Korach, who disobeyed Moshe Rabbeinu as well. Of course, if you pay attention to the story of Shimon, this for this you have to go all the way to Parshas Balak to find these things. You'll see that it is Pinchas, who is a grandson of Aaron HaKohen, who kills Zimri. And what this means is that Pinchas as a Levite, as a Levi, now goes ahead and kills a prince of the tribe of Shimon, which means that this partnership between Shimon and Levi that started all the way back in Parshas Vayishlach now officially came to an end in Parshas Balak and in Parshas Pinchas. So that even though later on in Jewish history, when the Jewish people moved into the land of Israel, yaakov's bracha to them that they would be spread out and they would be dispersed within the jewish people it finds itself to be true both with shimon and levi they happen in different ways shimon was dispersed but in the manner of a nation that is dispersed in different territories contiguous and does not have contiguous territory and there you really see the kind of punishment that is involved there meaning Shem- shimon never had true tribal autonomy, because they were spread out throughout Yehuda. But Levi, which was also spread out through the many cities, are HaLevi'im, that were spread out throughout the land, those were spread, in effect, to have a positive influence on the rest of the Jewish people, so that Levim and Kohanim would be living throughout the countryside, uh, throughout the country, rather. And so, with Levi, it ends up being a bracha, so i just find this interesting because i think most people just take a look at yaakov's bracha and they're like okay yaakov gave brachas to his children at the end of his life and don't realize that the shimon and levi bracha is one that spans centuries of a saga that began many decades earlier and would extend for many centuries into the future and in fact in a way even to this day as well some food for thought in exploring these brothers and uh we'll see you at the next year thank you